On today's Money with Friends, imagine that you're on vacation when the whole thing gets canceled. How are you going to get home? How do you get your money back? In this case, that ain't happening. And how much will it all cost? We'll talk about this story happening right now to thousands of travelers on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends from my parents' half-finished basement outside of Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihi. And I'm certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. This is the show where Bobby and I share headlines with you, our friends, and sometimes with other thought leaders from around the world. We try to have it all wrapped up in about 15 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by M1 Finance, free automated investing, smart money management, take control, personalize your finances, invest, borrow, and spend seamlessly all in one platform. Head to stackingbenjamins.com com forward slash M, the number one finance for more. And we'll talk about them a little bit more. But Bobby, first, there's some uh, travelers out there who have reached heaven, their destination, but they found out that they have no trip home. Yes, it's pretty scary when that happens to you. As much as we get excited to go on vacation and are enjoying it, at the same time, when we got to go home, we got to get home. It's time to get home. And uh, this has got to be um, a nightmare. For a lot of people. So we feel for them and we're going to talk about what they can do and what happened. We'll jump into it right now. But first, let's see who's kicking off today's show for us. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. Friends, check. Money, check, check. Friends with money. Let's do this. Our headline today comes to us from CNN Business. This is written by Claire Duffy and Rob McLean. Thomas Cook collapses, leaving thousands of travelers stranded. This is just a nightmare. British tour operator Thomas Cook collapsed Sunday night, stranding hundreds of thousands of travelers and putting 21,000 jobs at risk. The 178-year-old company said in a statement that its board concluded that it had no choice but to take steps to enter into compulsory liquidation with immediate effect. After talks on a financial rescue failed, all Thomas Cook bookings have been canceled. The UK Civil Aviation Authority Authority tweeted. Peter Falkhauser, Thomas Cook's chief executive, apologized to customers, employees, suppliers, and partners. He said, This marks a deeply sad day for the company, which pioneered package holidays and made travel possible for millions of people around the world. Despite huge efforts over a number of months and further intense negotiations in recent days, we've not been able to secure a deal to save our business. I know that this outcome will be devastating to many people and cause a lot of anxiety stress and disruption, he added. Thomas Cook's business of selling flights on its own airline, along with hotel rooms from brick and mortar stores, has been under pressure for years from online rivals and low cost carriers. Brexit has made matters worse by pushing the pound lower and the company's costs up and deterring some travelers. The company had reported a loss of 1.5 billion pounds. That's about almost $2 billion. Um, for the six months to March 31st, the collapse of the iconic UK company had ripple effects in Asia. Shares in China's Fosum Tourism dropped by nearly 5% in Hong Kong. The billionaire founder of the parent company, Fosum International, which owns all-inclusive holiday firm Club Med, is Thomas Cook's largest shareholder, mm. according to Refinitiv Data. Fosum is disappointed. Um, this is the company saying in a statement, 
statement. Fosum is disappointed that Thomas Cook Group has not been able to find a viable solution. We extend our deepest sympathies to all of those affected by this outcome, it added. Uh, meanwhile, it goes on to say that Thomas Cook India, which is owned by Canada's Fairfax, said it has nothing to do with the collapse, so that's unaffected. Um, and shares in rival European travel groups did get a boost on Monday. Um, and let's just talk a little bit about what is happening now on the ground. This is the move triggers the largest ever peacetime repatriation in the history of the United Kingdom. That's basically people getting back home in this debacle. Um, topping the operation the government carried out after the 2017 collapse of Monarch Airlines, there are more than 150,000 UK outbound Thomas Cook customers abroad, almost twice the number that were repatriated following the failure of Monarch, according to the Aviation Authority. Um, and so what are they doing? Well, they say they're chartering 40 planes and they're going to be running over 1,000 flights over the next two weeks. Um, here's This is key, though. Repatriation flights are only available for passengers who, whose journey originated in the UK. The Aviation Authority has launched a website where customers can find details on those flights. Customers currently, this is the Aviation Authority saying in a statement, quote, customers currently overseas should not travel to the airport until their flight back to the UK has been confirmed on the dedicated website. And according to Thomas Cook, depending on where travelers are located, return flights will either be on flights operated by the Aviation Authority or by existing flights with other airlines. Um, and they're going to be sorting out the hotel bills as well, it goes on to say. Yeah, the, if you uh, purchase through Thomas Cook, there is a, um, and you're a, uh, what, you're a UK native? Mm -hmm. it's a uh, like an like an insurance uh, firm that, that that runs that just absolutely ugly i mean it's good to see that these people are going to get home that's that's number 1 yes. Yes. Um, it's still, look, the hotel situation is still, uh, there's a lot of gray areas in that because some hotels worrying that they're not going to get paid. There's talk that some of them could be asking people to pay more money directly up front if they're in the middle of their their vacation. So it's a little bit tricky. And then I did pull from um, some other sources um, from The Guardian. Um, they have a Q&A section and they talk about if you have a booking coming up with a company in the next few days. Um According to The Guardian, it says your holiday will not be going ahead and is canceled. You should not go to the airport, but you will get your money back that you paid for the Thomas Cook holiday. Um, they are making arrangements for refunds for that. So that's at least so if you're if you're kind of on deck for a vacation, the bad news is not ha is that it's not happening. Um, and the good news, though, is that it seems like you will. It, it's likely you'll get your money back based on that. Yeah, just uh, very ugly. Let's talk about some things because I don't think we have similar protections in the in the United States. I think it's up to you to have uh, trip insurance. So let's talk about trip insurance. Bobby, do you use trip insurance, travel insurance? You know, we were just talking about that. I feel that as the stakes get higher when I travel now with my family and as we're going on more sometimes expensive trips, I do buy insurance and we did use it once. We bought trip insurance. We were going on a ski vacation with our family of five. And when you have five kids, two of which were teenagers, one was in elementary school, a lot can happen. And we did insure this trip and my stepdaughter did 
injure herself and could not ski. And we made a family decision that we would, re- I think we ended up going to Florida or somewhere just, you know, sedentary, not skiing. And we did get our money back. So it wow. did work out for us. In that case, we had doctor's notes and all the proof she had legitimately, you know, we had a legitimate claim. So we did use it. I have not used it when I travel. If it's an inexpensive trip, like um, let's say I have a cheap flight to, you know, a conference I'm going to, and it's really just me traveling on, on an inexpensive flight and there's not as much at risk. Remember hotels here in the U.S., you can usually get a refund maybe the first night you might have to eat up, but generally you're not locked into paying for the hotel until you show up. So it's really just the airline. And even with that, sometimes um, you can pay a fee of $100 or something and, and get it rescheduled. So the stakes are not that high. When you have a large family vacation, I think insurance has been a good idea for us. That's me too. Generally speaking, if it is an amount of money I have on the table that I can't cover easily with my cash reserve, or it'll deplete a decent chunk of my cash reserve. Like when we took a trip to Southeast Asia or my trip to uh, Bavaria last year, where it's these long two-week extended vacations, I generally do trip insurance on those um, just because the huge amount of money, to your point, that that would be out if I wasn't. And all also, on these, uh, you know, every time I buy a plane ticket, they ask me whether I should have it. And I'm the same with you. I do not. Uh, I opt out of, of that travel insurance uh, as well. Don't d- don't feel like I need it. I'd be interested to see how many uh, people watching us. We do this live on Facebook with a Facebook audience. If you want to hang out with us while we make the show, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. Karen's with us and she says she's planning a trip with eight women and, she, women and she's buying the insurance. So once again, a big, big trip and, and she's buying the insurance. I think there's a I think there's another another takeaway here that, you know, I like using these companies, Bobby, as a case analysis for like our own personal finance. This is a 178-year-old company that failed. I am also mm-hmm. doubting that this is something that happened last week or last month. This is something that's been slowly happening over time. And I feel like when those first signs come out that things are bad, and I don't know what's going on and with Thomas Cook's leadership or with their, their accounting, I don't know a lot about this company, but I do know that the slope starts off with just these little misses, you know, the budget doesn't match this month. I have extraordinary circumstances this month. Something happens and you think next month you're going to get, get it back, but then something else bad happens. And now you have to go to the credit card or you have to leave a balance on the credit card and then you can't afford to pay the interest on the credit card or you forgot about a birthday party. And it always seems to be these little things. And then you start rolling downhill and then somebody gets disabled in the family. And then the income stream stops or maybe a big client doesn't pay, whatever it might be. Like it is, this is, this is such a lesson for us all that Thomas Cook, I've been reading about Thomas Cook the last week and a half about how they've had these emergency meetings with their credit cards, which wouldn't let them use their credit card line. All of a sudden, credit card companies backed down their line at the last second because they were sure Thomas Cook was probably going out of business. They tried also renegotiating their loans. Nobody wanted to renegotiate their loans the last week and a half. When you get to that point in the cycle, you're on the end of the stick and somebody else is controlling the stick. And that's so frustrating, so frustrating to see. And as a guy who's been there before, it, it is not fun. Like take care of it early if you yeah. at all possibly can. 
And it's interesting further in the article, we didn't get to this part, but it does talk about the fact that they were, to your point, scrambling over the weekend to avoid collapse after the Royal Bank of Scotland and a range of other banks demanded that Thomas Cook PLC find 200 million pounds. That's $250 million in funding by the upcoming week. So this almost sounds like, you know, like, uh, like a, almost like a loan shark coming after money. I mean, it's yes. not literally that, but it sounds like, you know, pay us 250, you're, you're done. And and they really, you know, are sort of up against back up against the wall with nowhere to go. And almost in disbelief, how could this be happening to us? Because if they knew it was happening, the responsible thing would have been to wind down in a responsible way and not have all of these people. I mean, 150,000 people stranded. I mean, it's almost like numbers you can't believe. And and Thomas Cook, it says on Friday, they confirmed they had 600,000 customers on vacation, including those 150,000 from the UK. So what about this other 450,000 people? What's going on with them? No idea. Right? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. They, they knew that on Friday. Friday, can you imagine these executives having this panicked meeting? I hope they were panicking. They should have been. We owe $250 million by Monday, and we have 600,000 of our customers on vacation. We will ruin their vacation. And that's not counting all the people who are teed up, ready to go in the next few days, few weeks, few months, and so on. It's it's so ugly. Donna uh, weighing in on her situation. She said she bought insurance for her big international trip, but never domestically. Same. I think people are coming down on the, the, the same place. In just a second, uh, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaways from this piece. I think there's probably 5,000 takeaways from this piece. But before we do that, just want to say a quick word about M1 Finance, our sponsor for today's show. What I love about M1 Finance and the way it's different is, is that it's not just another free brokerage site. And I don't know that I really get excited about free brokerage sites. I think sometimes, uh, People do the wrong thing when things are free. However, what I love about this is that not only is it free, but you actually invest in a pie. So you're investing as if you're an investor and not somebody who's just trading stocks. Uh, so you invest in percentages rather than shares. So 30% of your portfolio might be invested one way, another 20% another way, and so on. And I really like that. And I also like the fact that a couple times a year, they say success comes with rebalancing. You hit one button and your portfolio goes right back to those percentages. Super easy and automated. I think it's the way investing should be, which is why I like them so much. Head to Stacking Benjamins dot com forward slash m the number one finance for more so thanks to everybody who's used our link when they've when they've done that and i've got ron calling me a nerd because because <laughs> i i geek out about asset allocation and and rebalancing yes i do ron it's fantastic uh bobby time for our takeaways on this piece what do you got Joe, as a consumer, this one is tough. So it would be simple to say, as we've discussed here, to just buy travel insurance. But we do have to add something that we didn't really talk about much. And I think it's important to get this part in. And that is to read the policy very carefully and make sure you understand what that travel insurance covers and what it doesn't. And I pulled this again. I want to credit The Guardian for this because they do say, so will your travel insurance or credit card company pay up instead if something like this happens to you? And the answer, again, crediting The Guardian, is that it depends if the policy includes coverage for scheduled airline failure insurance or supplier failure. And if it does, you're going to be covered. But they caution that many cheap travel policies, including many that come as part of a package, generally do not include this level of coverage. So I think it's important that people understand what they're purchasing if and when they do uh, buy travel insurance so that they can be protected. And I also just want to 
add that um, sometimes life just stinks and you're going to, you know, get the short end of the stick and it, you've done nothing wrong. And my heart goes out to all the people that are stranded and that will lose money on this. Boy, mine too. My takeaway is very similar and it's just about when to use insurance. You know, most insurance companies want you to begin with insurance. Like how much should you buy? What type should you buy? Well, they, they that way of thinking gets rid of what you really should be thinking, which is this, do I need insurance at all? And I think that's the important thing. When we think about risk management, I think we do this right. When we think about insurance, whether it's travel insurance, life insurance, disability, I think we do much, much better by thinking about risk management. What is the risk and how am I going to handle it? And in most travel cases, it you don't need travel insurance to cover it because you have enough money and the chance of something bad happening like this is so insignificant that we're dedicating an entire show to it. It doesn't happen that often. So because of that, because it's not very frequent and the magnitude of the loss, you can clearly cover yourself. Don't buy travel insurance. But if it's a major vacation, like Thomas Cook often does, where it's a huge package and you're taking this vacation of a lifetime, well then you really, really, really need to invest in yourself and make sure that you have a strategy to cover it, which for most of us, by the way, that number is big enough where insurance makes a ton of sense. That's my takeaway. Very well said, Joe. Lots well, of wisdom there, thank as you. usual. Not sure about that, but it. Uh, I agree with, uh, we've got our thought leader, Sandy, who's hanging out with us from Yes, I Am Cheap. She said it's insane this many people were infected, but we're affected. And then affected. in all capitals, insane again. Don't yes. you think so? Yes. It's just crazy. Sandy is now an alum, by the way. She we have our is. new past announcement, but Sandy set the bar very high. That is coming up on Thursday's show, guys. Thursday, we will be rolling out. We'll be rolling out who is going to be hanging out with us for the next four months. So, Season two cast reveal party. Yes. Join us. It's going to be so fun. Uh, speaking of that, how do people take part in our polls? We didn't have a poll for this one because it was so last minute. So last but minute. where do people take part in our polls and uh, follow us about what's coming up? All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today. Thanks for hanging out uh, from Detroit. I'm Joe Salcihai on behalf of my good friend Bobby Rebell from The Financial Grown Up. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.